Grace Auburn family. You are listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. My name is Lee. I serve as the host of this podcast and executive pastor at Grace Auburn Church. Uh, This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Associate Pastor Caleb Farrow. And as we continue in these conversations of answering the questions of how and why and when and where and who was alongside of us as we discerned to call into vocational ministry, I'm reminded once again of the faithfulness of God to bring all of the right people, not only onto our staff team, but really into the life of this church. And so whether you've been with us since the very beginning in 2018, or you're only recently joining our family here in Auburn, Alabama, we are thrilled to have you for your yes to be on the table to all that God has in store for us. My conversation this week with Caleb was um, just a joy. I've heard this version. I've heard his story in multiple different facets. But to ask the question, who was there? Who was saying yes to the Lord's calling in your life? And then to wrap with the question as we've done week in, week out of, why well, work for a church, man, if you could do anything else? And Caleb's story is unique. Uh, it's wonderful. It's to the glory of God. And so I think you'll enjoy it tremendously, whether you know Caleb or have, not, or have yet to meet him. Uh, he has served in a variety of roles over the course of his time in ministry, coming on our staff team initially uh, as our student pastor, and then over these last few months, transitioning to the role of associate pastor, giving primary leadership to our authentic gospel communities and their oversight and shepherding. And so uh, we love the Pharaohs, uh, and we are so excited to share this story. So just I, I, hope, back, I hope you sit back and really enjoy uh, this conversation like you were pulling up a chair with us having a cup of coffee as we did. This is the Grace Auburn Church Podcast and my conversation with Caleb Farrow. Caleb Farrow, welcome to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Man, I'm excited. Let's do it. All right, let's do this. So we continue on in a series uh, where uh, we really hope two things happen, that the people of Grace Auburn uh, maybe that wouldn't have the opportunity or have not yet had the opportunity to sit down over a cup of coffee or a meal to hear a little bit more about your story, your calling into vocational ministry, how you got to this point. And we, we're, we're anchoring these conversations around two questions. One was, was there someone there, a, a group of people possibly, or one voice in particular, that when you felt called for you specifically to be a pastor that was there to say, yes, absolutely, like confirming what the Lord was already speaking? And then the second question is, if you felt called into ministry, why in the world would you want to work for a church? Mm-hmm. Those are going to be the... Mm-hmm. The, the, the two anchor questions, so to speak. So, yeah. um, man, I think what, we, what we'll do to kick this off um, is give just, a, you know, a little bit of maybe about your family, how you got here. Um, but I think to start with, what I'd like to do is let's go back to the moment. If you can tell the story of for the first time going, man, I, I might I might could do that. Mm-hmm be a pastor for the rest of my life, even at a young age, not even knowing what all that would require of you. Um, So why don't you take us back to that moment, answering that question to start with, who was there almost as a a signpost in the wilderness Mm. saying, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I would definitely have to say my dad was that person. Um, but in order to get to that conversation, it has to go a little broader um, for people to know that I grew up in a family of 
pastors. Mm. My my dad is a was a Southern Baptist pastor. Um, my grand both of my grandfathers, one Southern Baptist, one Methodist preacher, and mm. um, and so I grew up in this culture of looking the men that are very influential in my life. I look to them, and they are pastors. Sure. Uh, and so, in some sense, you you get this idea of as we have come to call it now that my brother's in ministry as well as a pastor, uh, the family business. Mm. And we know that is significantly not true. <laughs> Yet at the same time, we look around and we go, uh, kind of I mean, is, kind of is in some way. Uh, and so I, I kind of grew up in, in that culture and that idea of going, the men that are most influential in my life do this. Mm. Um, and so when I was a, in high school, a, a senior in high school, you know, you start asking all these questions, where are you going to go to school? What are you going to study? all these kinds of things. And so I get to uh, that conversation of what I want to do with my life. Sure. What, what exactly is it? And so I explored as most do um, all different kinds of options. Yeah. Went down the military route, had the conversations with the Marines and, yes. you know, by God's grace did not go down that yes. road. And I'm so thankful for our military. I'm not equipped for that road. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that they are. Um, and, and so I ended up not going that direction, obviously, but explored all kinds of different options. And so finally I had the conversation with my dad about what, what is it like for you to serve as a pastor? And I grew up watching him and I grew up seeing the difficulties that are and that come from it. But I also grew up seeing the joys and yeah. the good and the celebrations and how you're invited into all people's homes for both celebration and mourning. Yeah. Um, and so I got to see them handle that so well. Um, and so as I had this conversation with my dad, he, he posed the question that um, I've heard many pose, and I have asked this myself or, or this charge of, hey, if there's anything mm. that you could see yourself doing other than ministry and in pastoral, pastoral ministry, go do that thing. Yeah. Whatever it is, go do that. Yeah. Um, and so as I began to wrestle with that as a 17-year-old, I kind of was like, yeah, I want to help people. I'm not sure pastoral ministry is it, though. Mm. And so I come to Auburn University and first Southern Union, go Bison, and then transfer to <laughs> Auburn University and um, begin to study psychology. And I go, not it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I transfer into human development and family studies. Yeah. And I take my first class there, and I'm like, this is, this is it. It's about relationships, about family dynamics. You learn a lot of stuff about birth order and parenting and all of these things sure. that were highly relational in nature. And I'm going, this is the major for me. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of that major, you have this internship. And the internship for me ended up being by God's uh, sovereignty Absolutely. at First Baptist Opelika, serving in the student ministry. Um, and to me, in the moment, what I saw was a trip to Costa Rica yes. for free yes. as an intern. Yes. What I saw was a trip to Cleveland, Ohio for free as an intern and getting to play all of these games and having fun. Yeah, That's what I saw on the outside. Uh, and I was like, sign me up and I get class credit for this. Yeah. And I still get to graduate in August. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I did that and I served under Alan Jones, who was mm. the student pastor at the time. And... What God did in my heart during that season was, yes, this is it. Yeah. And it just awakened in me as I began to disciple these young men, high school aged and all the way down to middle school aged, was God awakened something in me and clarified the call on my life to go, 
it wasn't just helping people. Sure. It is pastoral ministry, specifically student ministry, that I'm calling you into to give your life to um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And by God's grace, I stayed in student ministry, middle school, high school, for 11 years. Um, and fast forward to coming here and now transitioning and being in college ministry and adult ministry, God has just continued to hold me fast in this pastoral ministry lane, including when we first moved, my family and I first moved back to Auburn four years ago. Um, I, I served and was working for an um, uh, uh, insulation company and kind of began to explore. Um, there were multiple reasons for us, for me not serving. It was a sabbatical season in our life, in our family life. And, and during the time, I honestly was beginning to question whether or not pastoral ministry was in my future. And so I began to, once again, like high school, but once again in this season go, maybe there's something else for me in a different direction than pastoral ministry. And mm. so I began to look at advancing in this company and going into different fields um, in this insulation company. And as I got further and further and further along in there, um, that question began to come back to me and that mm. pointed question of my father at 17 years old going, is there anything else that you could do? Go do that. Yeah. And as I'm looking at this field going, I'm, God has wired me to be in this field, meaning a sales rep for this company, which uh -huh. is what they're training me to do. Right. Um, and I could do that well, I do believe. Um, I still was going, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I, I just can't do anything else. Yeah. And so even though there wasn't a role for me at Grace Auburn at the time, my family and I were members here, um, and we still were just like, I got nothing else. So the the answer, and when you were 17, and a decade later, was still the same person. That's right. It was still the same voice. That's right. It was absolutely. It was the Lord's leading in your life, and your father's question is: that if there's anything else, go do that. And you tried. Yeah, yeah. You stepped out of ministry, you moved to Auburn, you and your family here for a variety of reasons, but yep. you land back in a town where ministry began for you as an intern mm -hmm. and find yourself trying to do anything else and everything else, <laughs> right? That's right. To only go, man, I, there's something inside my soul that was made for something different than this. And again, I said this in the introduction to this series, that our vocation and our calling as pastors is no more important in the kingdom of heaven. They're just unique. Mm -hmm. And our calling into pastoral ministry or ministry leadership within the life of a local church, it matters and it is important, but it matters and is important alongside of every other vocation when done for the glory of God. We make up the church together. Mm -hmm. We just happen to sit in... Shepherding roles with unique requirements, mm. unique, um, unique. Let's just say uh, callings on our life to help shepherd and steward the people that the Lord brings into the life of this church, and we don't take that lightly. We want yeah. to honor the holiness of all work, and also say that for our staff team, we've all answered a calling and a question of of, of would you give your life for my church? Would mm -hmm. you give your working career, all of your vocation, all of the money you, you won't make, all, all the things for the sake of my glory? And for those of us who say yes, it's, to your dad's point, it's not always sunshine and rainbows out there, yeah. but, it, but it is absolutely worth it in that sense. Yeah, I've, I've used this several times that, that Matt has shared 
to our staff team, and and I've heard him say in in direct conversation, he and I, of it's a saddle that fits rightly. Oh, that's good. And it is this idea that it is not all easy. Mm -mm. It is uh, significantly and truly a burden, but it is one that God has uniquely equipped us when we are called into vocational ministry to do and to do well for His glory and for His bride, and. And so as I think about like serving on staff in a church, in a pastoral ministry, that season that as an adult kind of took a step out of mm. vocational ministry, it felt even though there were successes in the secular business world, mm -hmm. it just felt like riding a bike with a rusty chain. Whereas like this is okay <laughs> sort of works this i'm moving <laughs> but man this isn't does it isn't working the way yeah. i'm designed to work and where and, and so there was this it was the square peg round hole analogy sure. it was like man it just isn't it it's close but it's not quite there um and it wasn't until stepping back into pastoral ministry and again heeding those words of my father and yeah. having him yeah. who spoke in that moment and and let me just say this about calling is there's, as I articulate and have conversations and you have for decades with college guys in particular yeah. and, and college girls that feel called to, to some sort of serving in the local church we go, there, there are two areas of calling that I want to press into. And one is, is God doing that in your heart? Yeah. And two, what's the wise counsel, i.e. the local church, yeah. affirming that in you? That's good. And are they? Yeah. Because there there have been conversations where one or the other is occurring mm. and that means that it's just not the right lane, Yeah, you know? And so kind of helping them navigate that and, um, and helping all of us kind of navigate that we've had men and wise counsel, yes. men and women speak truly into that yes. and then affirm that call of God on us to be, not only is this the right spectrum, but it is the right lane for you. Yeah, to think that you could be called into vocational ministry and no one in your local church have seen those things in you and those giftings in you just kind of fits outside of normal good. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. It is highly unlikely that those who are in pastoral ministry or in leadership of your local church, serving the Lord faithfully, have a relationship with Him, have yet to see that in you. Um, yeah. Uh, We'll leave it there. Well, and you're asking you're asking a, a similar question to my question to you about who were the voices, who was the voice that was confirming and affirming that not only was your father one of those voices confirming that in you, but I, I would imagine Alan Jones and the leadership at FBO Absolutely. was just as much involved in saying, hey, you shouldn't do anything else with your life. You should do this, and here's a path for you if you choose to take it that we think would bring the Lord much glory and his bride much good. Absolutely. So you do that. You graduate. You go to seminary. You work for several other churches around the state as mm -hmm. the Lord led your family. And eventually you land here in Auburn, not working for this church yet. You become members of Grace Auburn. When did you guys become members? When did you guys land here with us? So it was, I believe it was September of 2019. So September 2019, we go into the lovely year of 2020 thereafter, mm -hmm. trying to figure out all things live streaming and being a church that can't meet together as a church. And hey, I'll say this. I'm so glad I wasn't on staff during that time. <laughs> I, I do well, not envy you It was and me Matt. and Matt. Yeah. It was me. There were two of us on staff. For frame of reference, now when we're recording this podcast, there are 12 of us on staff plus interns. 
And at the time, it was me and Matt, lead yep. and executive pastor, going, "What in the world?" And there was truly, there were truly moments of, man, if we get through this and we're still a church on the other side of it, then it'll all have been worth it. But this is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And and Auburn, we had friends, you know, in, in cities. I mean, we had friends in Brooklyn and friends in places that were far more ravished by the coronavirus that, for the most part, living in Auburn, we, we I mean, we had some people get sick, but we did not see I – mean, we have friends that lost 20% of their body mm. to death from Gosh. the coronavirus in, in places like New York. And so – not to make light of what was an incredibly tragic and is continuing to be a, a, a condition that we will probably deal with in perpetuity until Jesus comes back. But we made it through uh, 2020 and into that fall and began worshiping together. Walk us through the process of becoming a member of a local church and not being on staff for the first time in your adult and married life. Yep. And how the process and how those conversations went with Sarah as you guys considered a role in a local church that was not an SBC church and was one you had grown to love just as a member. And now you're like, I don't know that I want to do all this again. Uh, walk, just walk us through that journey, that process together. Yeah. So we, we visited the first time in uh, either July or August. I can't remember exactly when it was, but we visited the first time and we walked out of the doors and my wife looked at me and said, does it, mm. And I said, time out. We'll have my time out. We got some research to do. <laughs> like, I like the sermon as much as the next guy. But, and I'm thankful that she is so uh, confident in those mm. decisions because it allowed me to kind of plant my feet and go, okay, if we're here, mm. I've got some questions. Sure. And so I uh, did, did a little research, you know, learned that it was uh, Grace Auburn is out of a Southern Baptist church planting organization. So check that box. Uh, <laughs> I, can and tell so, my, I can tell my dad. That's right. That that's everything right. is okay. I grew. I did grow up SBC. Went to a Southern Baptist yeah, seminary. Yeah, yeah. Served in <laughs> Southern Baptist churches for eleven years and nine years, and so before coming here, and so uh, deeply rooted in that yes. tradition. Yes. And so uh, had wanted to ask some questions though, because sure. Grace Auburn is non denominational, mm. and so. Um, and so that was kind of a part of the wrestling with, is this the church that I want to raise our kids in? Yeah. Um, and that I feel Sarah will find a good community in, and I will be um, pastorally cared for um, yeah. in, in that season. And and so that was a, a lot of the wrestling that we went through just in terms of joining a, a local church period mm. and got to sit down um, with Matt, go to lunch with him and ask those questions. And as Matt does, answer them with grace and care and mm. kindness. And I'm so thankful for that conversation because it it, it solidified in me that, that not only was this the church, he was the pastor. Yeah. Um, and he was the guy that I wanted to... Re- sit under his teaching yeah. and be a part of the, this community of believers mm. and the elder team as I got to meet them and know them more, just constantly uh, one thing after another. Yeah. Um, and there were, I mean, obviously there were small things, smaller things um, like the structure of the service, having the kids in for a portion of it, knowing that you can't come here. It is structured in a way that you will participate. That's right. Um, in the worship of our God. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love those things, the way that we do them, and so I'm so thankful for them. And so that was kind of uh, the initial process of joining Grace Auburn. And then when we landed here, 
it was so unique to come be here for a service and leave because in my entire, like you said, adulthood, <laughs> married life, we had been serving and we had split and come at separate times on Sunday mornings and, you know, all these kinds of things that, um, that you do as a pastor on staff at a church. And, and so it was just really unique and, and in some ways refreshing, but in some ways it brought the tension back up of, I should be there. Yeah. And so all along the way, I'm looking back going, that was what God was doing was yeah. just putting that in my heart to, to come back on staff and be in pastoral ministry. And, um, and so as we were kind of deciding to land at Grace Auburn, those are some other, um, conversations that we were having all along the way. How are we now going to serve and be a support to the pastoral staff and be the people that we needed in those other places? Yeah, that's good. And that was, those were questions that we were asking. And so, um, it is not my gifting to serve in kids ministry yet. I served in kids ministry for a very brief season as the church <laughs> needed it. And, uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I'm not. And I'm so thankful for those that do. Yes. Uh, and so especially my son Judah, who's in it, I mean, just so thankful for the things that he is teaching and learning, being taught and learning from our kids ministry team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, so all along the way we're serving and being involved in, then God begins to uh, draw tension mm. uh, in my heart, and and I'm not exactly sure where it all began. Sure, but what I do know is the tension began to be down the road in secular world is not what God has wired me for. Yes, um, and it is it, it is somewhere else. And so I go to lunch with Matt one day, and I say, Hey, I don't know what is happening at Grace Auburn, right, in terms of growth or staffing or whatever. What I do know is God has done something in my heart. He has healed the places that I need to be needed to be healed and has placed on me a desire to serve with you guys mm. and be a part of the culture that is being created here at Grace Auburn. And um, unbeknownst to me, yeah. the next elders meeting topic of conversation was a student pastor. Yeah, backside, my, my side of those conversations was uh, Matt was our student pastor at the time, and I was our campus pastor at the time. So Matt is leading middle school, high school students. Uh, by the grace of God, we had brought uh, Carrie Gleemaker on, and she and Laura Bradley had done a phenomenal job up until that point, handing that baton off to her. Uh, then... I'm leading our campus ministry, which is what I had been doing prior to this role. It was an easy step in for me. And with Matt having students, kids in the student ministry, that made sense for him to lead that. But we quickly came to a point of like, okay, we are way outside of our limits here in terms of what is needed for the families of middle schoolers, high schoolers, and for our college students. Mm -hmm. And then all at the same time, the Lord in his timing is bringing this tension for you. Of, I, this isn't it. I think that's it. I don't know what that looks like here, but this is my heart is, hey, I'm here. That's what we heard from you of like, I, we are here. We love this church. We want to serve. How can we serve? And it really was the Lord's goodness uh, and timing and all of that. Absolutely. All right. So give me the timeline again. You guys are here 2019. You're here for a, it's a little over a year. It's the fall of 2020. It's October, 2020. That's when I go to lunch with Matt. That's yeah. exactly right. So, so Carrie came in that summer. You came in that fall. Or really, I think you kind of finished out. No, well, we tried to finish out that year. There's a whole host of things that happened at the end of 2020. We just won't go there in this episode. That's a whole nother podcast dealing with. Those details can be left out. Stuff. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, the question I want to end with, 
and I'm, I'm enjoying asking this question because I think it lands on people differently, is that if, if caring for people, leading people, shepherding people, uh, you know, you could, you could do that as a counselor. You could do that as a teacher. You could do that as a coach. You could do that any number of ways. My question is, why in the world would you want to work for a church? Specifically, why would you want to work for this church? Yeah, as I've, as I've wrestled with that question and, and considered it, I come back to when Jesus asked the disciples if they, after he teaches on communion mm. and eating my flesh and drinking my blood, many of the disciples leave. And then Jesus asked his disciples, are you going to leave too? Yeah. And Simon Peter's answer is, where else would we go? <laughs> yes. Like, who else will we, you're the Messiah. Who else yeah. will we follow? And in some sense, that is my answer of mm-hmm. going, what else could I do? Yeah. How, how else could I fulfill the call that God has placed on my heart other than serving his bride mm. and in the church? And I know that that's not the answer for all people in terms of being a pastor on staff, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast of just of this conversation of everybody has their role to play. Yeah. As I look at my life, I go, I can't play another role. Yeah. This is the only position I know to play. Yeah. And that's a weird place to land, but it's also confirming in me to, to just land there as well and to go, this, this is it. Yeah. This is all I know to do. This is the best way that I know to glorify God and to care for his people is by serving in pastoral ministry. And it's the only way that I know to do it. You know, and, and even, even in some of these conversations that we've had as my role has transitioned here from student ministry into college ministry into college ministry and um, community group leadership, I'm going, it's really hard to transition out of student ministry mindset, but to transition out of student ministry mindset and into an adult ministry mindset, I can still do that and it still feels right. Whereas these other places, it wasn't when I was experimenting other options and doing these other things in in the secular world. And so there's that. I think the other thing is... um, in terms of why would we serve here at Grace Auburn? Yeah. The culture of generosity and grace is purely the answer for me. Mm. That there was, as I was sitting in the congregation as a quote lay member, mm. I could see it, I could sense it. The, the, the leadership here was different, mm. the culture here is different, the elders are different than any other place that I've served in. And, and, and it was really interesting because I was able to, um, I was able to look at it and go the past nine, 10, 11 years of ministry were so good and rich for the glory of God. And and God used us in impacting so many lives for his kingdom. So thankful for all that he did. Mm. Yet I'm able to look at it and go, there was something missing the whole way. And it wasn't until sitting in the seat in the pew chairs yep that i was able to go that's it yeah I, I was i was never able to put my finger on it but it was generosity and grace and so i get to so to be a part of that culture is one here at grace auburn is my answer mm. is, is to to be generous and to be grace-filled as i have received um, from even those here as members as friends as uh, co-workers as all the things yeah. just to to experience that well my brother we're honored to have you and it is an honor to serve all right thank you for being here today thank you 
behalf of the Grace Auburn Church family, thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website, graceauburn.church.